Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's high noon on a Monday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. What you should know by now, uh, knuckleheads, is that uh, you want to get involved with the show over the next 120 minutes. You can find us on the dot com. I'm talking the Twitter.com, of course. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And Arthur Motes. You forgot something again. What did I forget? So you said between the two of us, uh huh. one has a decade-long NFL experience. The other one has that a really, really good head of hair. Both of those are true. And there's a common denominator that both of these guys have a team that they're rooting for that will be in the playoffs oh. this weekend. Not everybody can say that, buddy. Not everybody Not can say that. Not everybody can say that. So we have gone from... 32 teams in the National Football League, down uh-huh. to 14. Yeah, man. Uh, two of those already have earned a bye into the next round. That is correct. So 12 teams in action this weekend. Uh-huh. And Arthur Motes. Yeah, man. Cleveland Browns are going to be one of them. In fact, we're going to uh, kind of just full circle here. Um, you know, if you thought we were turning a corner... Uh-uh. It's more like it's just a cul-de-sac. We're, uh-uh. Com- uh-uh. We're, com- we're coming back around. <laughs> in, in the words of my uh, urban counterparts, we're spinning the block. We're spinning the block. We got to spin the block on them. Uh, and Arthur Motes, it will be the Cleveland Browns once again Sunday night in prime time. I mean, they just had to do it to us, mm-hmm. right? They couldn't give us that Saturday 1 o'clock kickoff or, you know, Saturday afternoon or even Sunday 1 well, or well, Sunday afternoon. You, you know afternoon. what? The more I thought about it, I said, man, I'm being selfish here because, you know, we, we both like the earlier games. We do. But I said, man, I'm being selfish here because, let's be real, this is a game that's of epic proportions. Oh, I mean, for sure. whichever team wins, it's a big, big deal. And whichever team loses, let's be real, deal. it's going to be a big, it's big true. deal. It's I mean, true. if we're talking the Browns losing, think about how big that's going to be, especially with them beating us this past week or beating us uh, yesterday. With obviously Mason Rudolph at quarterback, and then they would come out and lose to Ben. How that's going to look on Baker, and then obviously them celebrating the way that they did. But then the flip side is, if we come out there and we we don't win, the questions around Ben compared to Mason because of what Mason was able to do compared to what Ben did. And then on top of that, you're just saying to yourselves, man, this Browns team are they that good? And then for the Steelers team to start it off so hot to be done in one round, I mean, it's a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. And then the history, like I said, division rivals, the history between Ben versus the Browns, their records as they stand. But then also the Browns coming off of an 18-year playoff drought, the longest in NFL history. I mean, every storyline you want is Seriously. there. So even when I looked at the different matchups, I said, man, AFC or NFC, outside of Brady and AB versus the Washington football team, there wasn't 
any other matchup that I felt dominated the storyline yeah. as much as this Steelers-Browns. Because I was like, Ravens-Titans, it's like a mirror match. We talked about that, and it's a rematch from last year, but the stakes still don't seem as high for either they'll, one of those teams. They'll hype that replayoff yeah. rematch thing as it gets, a little bit, as it right, gets but, closer but, but to the it, game time. The initial, it doesn't yeah. feel the same. Colts, Bills could get gory. Let's be real about it, right? And then when you go NFC... No, none of those matchups. The Bucks versus the football team isn't oh, oh, no, 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 firing no, 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 anybody no, no, no. up. The Saints versus the Bears. Nobody uh, wants to watch that. Uh, no one cares about that. So to me, that's why I felt like I was like, man, as much as I didn't want that late when I said, man, they make felt, sense. this is perfect for them because Saturday yeah. night they're going to get, uh, of the two premier matchups, that's probably number two in line in terms of Bucks versus Washington football team. But, yeah, Steelers-Browns, I mean, dude, this is one of the most historic franchises in NFL history with one of the largest fan bases versus, you know, a team that likes to fancy themselves as legit rivals. <laughs> yeah. They like to fancy themselves. Well, I tell you like what, that. Arthur Motes, they we win fancy Sun- them as little brother. They win Sunday night at Heinz Field, and I think those questions about a legit rivalry will will start to uh, answer themselves. Yes, indeed. But it, I, I, yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that's fair to say, right? We're not, I'm not just wearing black and gold glasses. Um, you're not just wearing black and gold glasses when we say that that will be – that is the – most uh, sought after. That will be the mm-hmm. most discussed, the most hyped, the most watched playoff game of the weekend. No question. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I think so too. Because of all the storylines that play into it, uh, obviously like Moach just touched on, uh, first time in, in two decades essentially that the Browns have made the – I mean, think about that. There have been mm-hmm. there have been Cleveland Brown fans that were born mm-hmm. and are about to graduate high school mm-hmm. and have never seen their team play in the playoffs. And, 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 but, but think about <laughs> that. Think about that. And we got people that was – Laughing at them for making T-shirts. Mm. I'm like, dude. So you know what? I had to check too. Years. I I consulted. It's a long time. I consulted. Uh, Arthur Motes knows this. I don't know if I've ever shared this on air before. I think I have. Uh, I had a lot of friends in college from the Rochester Buffalo yeah. area. Uh-huh. Like a lot of kids from Rochester and Buffalo yeah. go to WVU. It's mm-hmm. a, you know it's a four and a half hour drive. It's not far, but it's far enough to get away from home and all that stuff. A lot of Buffalo Rochester kids go to WVU. Some of my best friends from college are Bills fans. I had to I had to ask them yesterday. Yeah, I was like, when you guys two years ago, right when there was the mirror, when the, when the uh, Bengals beat the Ravens mm-hmm. and the Bills were able to get into the playoffs for yep. the first time in a long time, did you guys have T-shirts? And mm-hmm. they were like, heck yeah, we had T-shirts. T- like I don't think people understand. Like especially in Pittsburgh, they take it for granted. Yeah. They think that this is normal. Having a quarterback like Ben for as long as they've had him, that's not normal. Most franchises do not have that. Most franchises, you get a couple not of— Not having a losing right. season for 15 years exactly. like we've had here. And, and, and still try to fire the guy that's been at the helm for you know for, for a long part of that duration. But trust me, man, a lot of teams, a lot of organizations, you got a little four- or five-year windows. Yeah. And, and, and that's best-case scenario. Seriously, man. The Jacksonville man. Jaguars went from AFC Championship game to, to, to first picking, overall pick right. in two years. Like, that's, that's the norm. <laughs> that's the norm. We are outliers. The Saints have been outliers. The Patriots for a while were outliers. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen that that pendulum mm-hmm. swing a little bit. Chicago Bears went 12-4 yes. two years ago. Like, well, they've done the last two. I mean, they're back in the playoffs this right. year, but they, they've struggled but, but for two that's years. To, and that was them with a top-10 quarterback as well. So yeah. just understand, like, when we, for from us to sit over here and we poke, for, oh, Browns yeah. making T-shirts. Ah, 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 this is funny. It's like, man, just understand, it, it, it could be a time coming in the near future. I, as much as we love to act like it's not going to happen, it yeah. could be a time. So just we'll understand get, what that is here's, and what it here's, could become. Here's what I would tell it, and we've gotten some of these in our Twitter mentions already, and I saw this all over Twitter yesterday. Steelers fans, I get it. Um, the Cleveland Browns are like 
the noisy house at the end of the neighborhood that you haven't heard from in two decades, and now they're making a lot of noise. You know, like like I get they're like the house down the street, right? That. Uh, hasn't had water running or electricity for two decades, and, and now you know they've got the Clark Griswold Christmas lights set up blinding mm-hmm. you every time you turn in the neighborhood. I get it. I want to see them humbled just as much as you do, but you don't do that on Twitter by mocking their T-shirts or, or screaming, well, you beat our JV team. They did. Well, well, no, 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 no. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. Right, no, right, they right. don't say that now because Spons let's be real. still out there. Megan Fitzpatrick was no, no, still no, out and, there. And not just that, but think about this. Early in the year, how many backup quarterbacks do we face? Earlier in the year, a lot. every time we were winning, it was close. We would come up here and we would get the critiquing it, and we would say, well, hey, man, it don't matter. A win. a win is a win. They don't ask how. They ask how many. If the guys are out there, they should be NFL capable. We had, what, 85% of our starting roster offense and defense out there. So so that whole narrative of a JV team is very much inaccurate. And I looked every time I was here, I'm like, why are we saying that when you look at the guys out here? When has Claypool been a, 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 a JV guy? When is Juju, Deontay, because those are the three guys that really made these plays out there, right? Minka Fitzpatrick was still out there in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Like, it wasn't as if he got pulled at halftime. No, no, no. Critical plays out there. No, I'm with you. Yeah. But, okay, maybe the better way to say that is the Steelers fans that want to say, all right, well, you didn't beat Ben. You know what I mean? Like, all those jokes, all the insults and everything, like, save them for Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because you, oh, you have plenty. Now, yeah. now, a week from today, mm-hmm. when the Steelers take care of business and eliminate the Browns, now then you, you make yes, your jokes. That's when you go crazy. That's when you go crazy, you go crazy. and you can laugh about T-shirts and, and, all, and mm-hmm. all that and Baker Mayfield's progressive commercials Absolutely, and, and the fact that you still can't beat your daddy, Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, yes. Like, just, just let the Browns have this week. Give them six days to, to yeah. fool themselves. And, I mean, let's be and real. And we'll they, knock them back down to earth and, on and Sunday night. my thing is this. It's not like they didn't earn it. It's, it's, it's not listen, as if they were getting like Adam, these gimme games, these easy opportunities. Like they they lost their star receiver. Remember Odell? He's been done ACL. Like Adam Crowley. <laughs> Adam, Adam Crowley and I were talking about this yesterday. Adam Crowley said, "If if if the pirate and I get I get that the Browns didn't win the division. Correct. Like I get it. It's so it's a little bit different in that regard. Right. But the Pirates haven't won the division since 1990. 1991 was the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates won the division. Mm-hmm. Like Adam Crowley was like, like." If if the Pirates won the division, we would all be going nuts and screaming and hooting and hollering and jumping up and mm-hmm. down, and all these other franchises would be looking at us like, okay, big deal, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like like right. win like, something, like yeah. win something, big deal, right? And and a lot of people will say, well, the NFL is different than baseball because there's a salary cap and all. Okay, fine. I just saw the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. I just saw the yeah. Kansas City Royals. Say, I, it, the Kansas City Royals won the World Series four years ago. They're exactly. one of the smallest market teams in baseball. So that whole narrative, like, yeah, is it, it, being yeah, it's being proven to not be. As factual as people like the leader to be, maybe for a a to to stick with football, right? Um, I was laughing about this on Friday. Okay, Alabama won the Rose Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Alabama beats Notre Dame, wins the Rose Bowl. Those guys get the hats and T-shirts, the Rose Bowl hats, the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. T-shirts, and it's like, I mean, they just threw it. In. It's 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 like when you're walking through the yeah. mall and some some credit card company hands you a free mm-hmm. T-shirt and you and you chuck it in the trash later on that XXXL right, right, right. T-shirt with the graphic on the front. If WVU won the Rose Bowl, oh. you kidding me, Arthur Motes? It I'd buy all riot. the memorabilia. <laughs> it would be a riot. I'd wear that WVU Rose Bowl and pin right. the Rose Bowl. Oh, you already Pitt know. Fans would they would wear be that. nuts. They'd wear that Rose Bowl hat for a decade. You said, so the, would I. You said the Rose Bowl. They could win the Outback Bowl and they'd go like I, that. I, Man, I would, stop I'd it. Wear my ro- those Alabama players were chucking their Rose Bowl yeah. hats like it was nothing because they got five national champion hats a- a- at home. Exactly. It's, it's if, different perspective. If WVU won the Rose Bowl, I'd wear a Rose Bowl champion's hat every day for 10 years. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just... Just 
different. Count your count your your lucky stripes, your lucky stars, whatever. That the Steelers are the Steelers and the Browns are the Browns, and that you're on this side of the fence. Right. But I yeah I, I'm like I, I we don't have to laugh at, at like success is different from franchise to franchise, from organization to organization. This year for the Browns, let them have it. Now if it's next year, Moats. And they, yes. and they sneak into the playoffs the last mm-hmm. week of the season and they're hooting and hollering and they still didn't win the division or anything, then it's a little bit different. Well, no, no, been... Or if they make a shirt next year, like, that's different. Right. We're talking about this is the first time in pretty much 20 years, 18 years, you just round it up Again, to 20. There's, like, there's... That is a long – like, I don't think people really understand how long 18 – imagine your whole grade school – Lifespan. Arthur Motes. You never won. You <laughs> never go to the playoffs. Right. You don't win anything. Not just, the playoffs. just the playoffs. Think about it, Pittsburgh. We talk about my four years in Pittsburgh. We look at it as if, man, we underachieved. And we won the division. Three out of four years. Went to an AFC championship game. One playoff games. One playoff games in two of the three years. And that's underachieving. These teams have it in 18 years. Didn't even go to the play- eighteen years. And think about that. Let's be let's be honest too, right? If you look at the scope of Cleveland sports in general in that time, uh huh. No they, LeBron. They, no. They, ca- they had one or two years where the Indians yeah. were legit, and then they, they had, had a the few LeBron, years with LeBron. Yeah, at the end, but that was at the end of it. But it, like, it wasn't. It wasn't in years one, two, three. It Cleveland was hasn't had the Pittsburgh right. Penguins, you know, right. winning three championships in the last eleven uh-huh. years, like, and and getting to another Stanley Cup like the Penguins did, where they lost to Detroit. Like, Moats, by the time that I graduated high school. Oh, you already saw two championships. Or, or no, no, no. Yeah, the Penguins. Two championships with three appearances for Steelers. And, then, and the same for the, the Penguins. Yeah, for the Penguins. Absolutely. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. Sorry. By the time that the Penguins, by the time I graduated high school, the Penguins went in 08 and 09. And right. won one, lost one. Mm-hmm. The Steelers won in 05, won in 08, 09, and lost in 95. Uh-huh. Honestly, if you want to talk, I mean, I was an infant. I don't remember. But I was alive when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 91 and 92. Yeah. So, by the time that I graduated high school in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, okay, since I had been born, Pittsburgh teams, the Penguins have won three Stanley Cups, the Steelers have won two Super Bowls, five championships. These kids in Cleveland, they're graduating high school. They got one one championship with LeBron. That LeBron right. brought them that one title. They've never seen their football team go to the stinking playoffs. The playoffs. The like, Steelers like just, have been to the Super Bowl three times by the time I decided where I was going. Well, let's be honest. I decided where I was going to college when I was seven years old. But the Steelers oh, the, man. the Steelers were in the Super Bowl three times by the time I graduated high school with two wins. The Browns haven't even been to the playoffs. Like, just let them have a couple days, and then we'll knock them back down to reality on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Just let them have a couple Is that days. simple, man? Is that simple? You you, you think Chicago Cubs and Cardinals fans would be laughing at us if the Pirates ever, (laughs) if the Pirates ever do the same thing and win something, or at least get to the postseason and like play a real series, uh, you know, not just a wild card game? (laughs) Because in baseball, wild cards is a little bit different than football wild cards. (laughs) Yes. And don't get me wrong, like I'm right there with you. Every like you see it all over your social media timelines. Cleveland's thumping their chest. They're dancing to Juju's Corvette Corvette song. Baker Mayfield's out there dancing and dabbing like he just got a first down on the 1985 Bear. Let him have it. Just let him have it. And we'll give it back to him on Sunday night. <laughs> He better be looking over his shoulder because he was not the best quarterback in that stadium anyways. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Ooh, let's talk a little bit about Mason Yeah, I Rudolph. said it. Yeah, maybe we buried the lead here. We're 17 minutes into the show and we haven't talked about Mason Rudolph yet. Uh, we'll talk about how number two was 
better than number six wow. on the other side when we return. Yeah, let, let's discuss Mason, give Mason some props mm-hmm. for that performance yesterday. We got a lot of tweets rolling in. We'll get to those as well. You know where to find us if you want to get your reaction in. Having some fun here on a Monday, definitely. And you know no, what no, no, not just a Monday. This is Super Wildcard Monday. That's that's the new thing. Super Wildcard! Wild Super Wildcard! It's, it's not wild just Wildcard Weekend. It's Super Wildcard. Super Wildcard. Well, you know, Arthur Motes, <laughs> Arthur Motes never got to participate in Super Wildcard Weekend. No, no, I, I felt some type of way. I said, wifey, what did he just call that? She said, oh, that's Super Wildcard. I said, whoa, 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 what you mean? Super Wildcard. She looked at me and said, oh, that's special. Oh, that's you, special. you ain't get the Super Wildcard. That's, that's for these 2020, 2021 cats. I said, oh, my bad, babe. Thanks for calling me old. I retweets here. I refuse to let the Browns feel good about it. Wes, you and I were born in the same year. Considering that the Browns have never been a real rivalry in our lifetime, I refuse to let them think they're even decent. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. That's your prerogative. To each his own, man. To each his own. That's your prerogative. I tell you what, we got it real good as Steelers fans, Arthur Motes. I mean. Like I said, understanding how both sides of the tracks have worked. Actually, I've seen three scenarios now. I just, I don't take it for granted. That's my biggest thing. And I just, you know, it's kind of like that prophet, that, that the guy who, who's seen something or been somewhere that you haven't been just yet, but we know that you could potentially go there. And he's like, yo, yo, trust me on this one. You don't like it like that. Trust me, trust, 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 trust me. It's not what you think. I, I understand you feel like you got it all right now. But trust me, I've seen that. I've already experienced that. You might want to change thought. Just, just change it. Just, just a little bit. And, uh, some wise words. If you know, if you want to clap back at the Browns and all oh, they're dancing and they're celebrating, and I refuse to let them think that they're even decent. A wise man once said, "It's not about who laughs first; mm-hmm. it's about who laughs last." Mm-hmm. Let the Browns have their laughs this week. I'm trying to laugh last on Sunday night and 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 a week from today. Facts. I would, it, it, I would have had the Steelers lose by fifty yesterday. If if it meant guarantee that the Steelers beat them in the wild card on Sunday night, that mm-hmm. that is what matters. And you know what's really funny about all that? Like people like Irie on Twitter here who who want to remind the Browns that they're not even decent. If you end that season right, it's a lot. You know, that's when you remind them that they're not even decent. Absolutely. All right, because they're still. I mean, they're still playing. I mean, and they're a playoff team, so they have to be somewhat decent be in the playoffs this year well they're not like the six and ten or right, seven that's and what nine. i'm saying like like <laughs> hey, you, you you look at the teams that didn't make you look how Isn't many wins they too? had like, like coming yeah. in this year everyone thought the nfc was going to be the juggernaut yes and now it's like the, the 10 win mm-hmm. miami dolphins are sitting at home yeah but we also thought coming into this year that we would see more eight and eights in the plus because we kept hearing that narrative extra, extra about the steelers yeah. right the extra wild card instead we got a seven and nine yeah. division champion <laughs> we got a seven and nine division no 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 listen a seven and nine division champion over there in in the first round of the playoffs a a, a two seed is facing a 10 win team and a, no no 11 win team in the coach now so just think about that Th- think about we have never seen that before regardless of the buy and things like that you don't see 11 win teams on the road in the first round of the playoffs that's crazy it's not about laughing first. It's about laughing last. And that is what we're trying to do Sunday night uh, against the Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field, 8-15 in prime time. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Good start to the show there. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little Mason Rudolph. Not I can't wait. Let's talk a lot of Mason Rudolph. I want to talk all Mason Rudolph. And then and then guess what we're going to talk after that? Mason Rudolph? 
Well, I want to talk Randy Fickner as well. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And Josh, Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. I want to I want to talk the trio. Josh Dobbs. I mean, we we said they had the most approved, right? Alex Highsmith. That's what I want. To, you know what I'm saying? We we gonna talk. But I, I want to save my defense. I want to save my Highsmith guy. You feel me? I feel I, you. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange that trio. You know, we got to talk about too that some people are already asking here on Twitter. Oh. The little uh. The little heated emotions between two Steelers defensive linemen on the sideline. Are you talking about the aggressive negotiations? Aggressive negotiations. That was just an aggressive negotiation. They were problem solving on the fly, and they said, "Hey, look, I think it's this. No, I think it's that. Let's aggressively negotiate here. Take three of these. Now you agree? I agree. We're good. Boom. Aggressive negotiation. Sounds like something Obi Wan Kenobi would say. (laughs) Obi Wan Arthur Moats. Qui-Gon Wesley Euler. Keep the conversation going on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Monday. Not necessarily a victory Monday, but it kind of feels like one. Because it's a super wild card. Monday. That's what the Monday it is. And don't worry, all right, the Cleveland Browns, they're going to come and get their love in Heinz Field oh, on yeah. Sunday Plenty night. Plenty 11 to give them. Plenty. <laughs> but you know what? We went to break there, Motsi. Uh, you know what I was thinking? To kind of sum up that, you know, conversation that we yes. were having about just just let them feel themselves for a few days, all right? Mm-hmm. You know shirtless Tom, Tom Opperman, uh, Adam Crowley's old yeah, producer, yeah. now yes. Mark uh-huh. Madden's producer. Um, shirtless Tom. Shirtless Tom had a great line to me like two years ago, all right? Um, we were arguing about something with Pitt and WVU, okay? And you know what I think it was? I think it was two years ago, WVU and Pitt played in basketball, and this was kind of like coming off the mm-hmm. Kevin Stallings era for Pitt basketball when they were at the, you know, the lowest point that they've been in a while. Right, right. WVU was, was kind of, you know, was rolling, was a top 25 team, and Pitt played WVU really close. You know, the, the teams played, WVU ended up winning by like eight or nine points, but for, you know, for a top 20 team mm-hmm. against a team that only won like six games right, the right. whole year, mm-hmm. Pitt really hung in there. They played well. They had a chance down the stretch. And a lot of their fans were kind of taking the positives out of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, WVU kicked our butts last year. This year, right. we kept it closer. We're making progress. And I was laughing at that. I'm like, you lost, all right? Yeah. You lo- there, there, there's no such thing no as— No moral victory and, and, in and, and, and Shirtless Tom said something to me that still sticks with me uh-huh. from time to time. He said, dude— you got to let fans be fans. True. They, true. Quit trying to control what everybody thinks or how they feel about their t- – just let fans be fans. Have at it, man. Have at it. Like we said, when the Pirates went to the playoffs a couple years ago, some dude jumped off the Clemente Bridge yeah. to celebrate. They, a lot of people were probably laughing at that. I've seen some crazy celebrations <laughs> in my time. That's all I'm saying. Let fans be fans, Arthur Motes. Um, one guy who does deserve celebrated from yesterday. Whew. How about number two, Mason Rudolph, Arthur Motes? 
look a little different when you got a little confidence, when you're connected on your deep ball. Look a little different. And, and, and I was really impressed because not only did he do those things well in terms of playing with a lot more confidence mm-hmm. and just stepping into his throws and really reminding us why we drafted him when we, when we drafted him out of Oklahoma State. Not only did he do that, but I was really happy to see him respond to adversity. When he had that interception, that was a terrible decision, a terrible throw. He knew it. Everyone in the and stadium knew it. And he took a late shot it. on that play Absolutely. as well, too. Yeah. And, and for me, it was like when I saw that, I said, this can go one of two ways. Yep. He can either go in the tank right now because he knows that was a terrible throw. At that point in the game, it was kind of getting out of hand. Remember, they they had just scored, so now I think the score was what twenty four to nine at I think that they point. They were up eight. Yeah, yeah. They, no, no, no. Were they up five? No, they, they oh, had, that's right. That's yeah, they right, had scored. Right, yeah. yeah, they had scored. So they they had opened it up. It was a two score lead. Now, so I said, man, this could either get really gory, or he's gonna respond. And initially coming out of it, I thought Randy Fickner did a good job with his play calling because he minimized. Mason's exposure right he after did. that pick. People complained, but the next two series were what? Run, run, pass, run, run, pass, get confidence, get him back, get his legs back under him. And then you see him take the shot. And from there, you could just see the confidence just continue to be there. And that was, to me, like I said, was more impressive than the, the doing good because anybody could do good. When you do good, it makes you feel good. Of course, you're going to play better that way, right? Mm-hmm. We call it front running for those that can't play well <laughs> when things are going bad. When you say, man, you're, you're a guy that only can – as long as everything works for you, you're right. a good player. When, right. it's, when it's rough or things get out of whack – As soon as you get some adversity. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't yeah. handle that situation. Yeah. So, to me, I didn't even mind, like, early on. I'm like, all right, it's no adversity, so he's doing what he's supposed to do. But to see how he responded after that interception and the throws that he made, yeah. the clutch throws that he made. Standing in the pocket a lot of times, Leading them too. on that drive. Literally, after that interception, the only other negative I had for him – was the decision on the two on the two point conversion? I like what he was trying to do because yes, it should have been a flag in terms of Claypool being held. The reason it wasn't was because the ball was wasn't uncatchable. Great, wasn't a, he should have released that. Yes. He releases that ball a half second earlier. Yes, yeah. and that was my biggest thing. I said, he but kind of clutched a little but bit. But I understand he threw why it. because it was a defender in the window initially, and if you're not comfortable making that throw. That's the natural reaction. You're going to pump it to try to get a little bit more space. And that was the only thing I said. That was the only thing I could fault him for. Because I said, other than that, man, this dude handled the adversity. He also handled the success. He was he kept them in the game the whole time, along with being very much unselfish. Yeah. Because you talk about if Ben, commits, uh, if ben hits a 47-yard bomb, you think he's coming out the next play? <laughs> we saw on multiple occasions yesterday, bomb by Mason. Or big play by Mason. And then Dobbs comes then in. Then Dobbs come right in. And, and granted, Dobbs still was effective, and I, I didn't fault him for that either. I thought that both of them and Randy Feekner, they utilized yeah. that. I love that plan. I it, did too. it was beautiful. I did too. But it showed how unselfish he was because I said, man, that is tough. The first time I'm like, okay, it might have been something scripted. Scripted. Yep. But after you see it two, three, you're like, bro, come on now here. Like, what are we doing? But just to see him be unselfish in that moment, knowing how big of a moment it is for him. But at the same time, for Dobbs and for Randy Feekner, I thought he handled that thing so beautiful, man. Like, like I said, for me, man, I just walked away being very, very impressed, not only yeah. with his on-field, but how he handled the off-field as well, man. And, and I do think, as an organization, they're going to have a lot more confidence in him this offseason oh, now. Oh, yeah. I feel like going into that game, we talked about why it was so pivotal. We said, man, Mason, in terms of his contract, that, that that you know, the, the, the uh, cost-effectiveness – Versus having the, the the experience, you're starting to run into that little bit of a, a point because the rookie deal is about to be up, right? So you're going to have to figure out, all right, is this a guy you want to extend? This is a guy that you want to let leave? Like, what do you want to do with him? That answered a lot of those questions yesterday. 100%. A lot. And, and, and what that reminded me of was when he came in the Jets game last year. Hmm. 
he obviously ends up getting hurt. But remember, he came in he the two series first. confidence touchdown ends up getting hurt after that. Mm-hmm. But that that was to me, I'm like, man, that was the Mason that that we thought we were going to see more of this preseason, but we never got the opportunities. And and even more so, right? That Jets team last year. What are they playing for, really? Right, right, right absolutely. Heinz Ward to, to get the yeah. win for Heinz Ward against his absolutely. old team, like. This Browns team was playing for everything. It's I mean, not like Mason was out there week 17 against a bunch of dudes who were just yeah. going through the motions. And, and it wasn't like – and this is another thing I always tell people. I said, man, a week 17 matchup like that is totally different than a week 10 must win. A week 10 must win. It's a must win in theory, but it's not really a must win because, you know, you still got – Like you and I have said, you got there's, multiple really, games there's after really that. no such thing as a must win until you get to December. Absolutely. but but In January. December or, or January now we're talking about here – that was a must win for the Browns. So you talk about a team that is going to give you absolutely everything, which they did. They definitely did. Oh, they 100% did. That's the difference. They pulled out all the stuff. Right. Whereas if you're facing that team in week 12, that must win ain't the same. It ain't. It, it, I mean, it hits, but it's not hitting like that. You don't feel it the same way as that one yesterday. And that's why, like you said, man, to see him perform to that level against a team that was that hungry for multiple reasons mm-hmm. – Man, that that makes it that much more impressive as well. I think so, too. And I know some people, you know, there'll be some that agree with this. There'll be some that disagree with this. But I think Mason Rudolph bought himself more time in the black and gold yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because like you mentioned, I think all of us were very excited to see how he would respond in the preseason. Yes. Everything he went through last year, right, of being being chucked out there six quarters into the season when your franchise quarterback goes down, mm-hmm. getting knocked out by Earl Thomas, everything that transpired with Miles Garrett on and off the field, mm-hmm. getting pulled for duck, getting put back in there against the Jets, then getting hurt. I mean, it was it was a heck of a year for Mason last year. He went through just about everything you can go through in an NFL season, I think we were all excited to see how he'd respond in training camp, in preseason. The Steelers were going to have five preseason games, right, Motsi? There was going to be a lot of mm-hmm. body of work there for Mason. We didn't get any of that. So what we got was yesterday, and so I'm sure there'll be some people out there that say that that's not enough, right? Just one game, that, that, that's not enough. But I think the Steelers go into next year confident with that guy behind Ben, you know, it's, 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 assuming Ben decides to come back right. and, and everything. Well, and he did already say he was going to come back. He did back. already say that he yeah. wants to, yeah, that he wants to come back. Um, I think the Steelers are confident with Mason, and you know what? If that continues next year, you know, say mm-hmm. Mason comes out, plays well in the preseason, and then, Lord willing, you know, you don't need to see him again until week 17 at the end of the year, something like that, and he plays well again, Motes, he could, you know, he, he could be in the running for, for the next Steelers quarterback, you know, whenever number seven finally does decide to, to depart. No, you're absolutely right, and, I, and I, like I said, I think he deserves that opportunity based on what we saw yesterday, and you have to remember it. Backup quarterbacks don't get extended opportunities outside of injuries happening. So the whole narrative of I need to see more, well, how do you expect to see more? Hmm. Explain that to me. Preseason, that's it. And and, and remember, we don't want preseason, right? Right. We've been trying to get rid of that. So so explain (laughs) to me. Isn't it getting cut down next year with the extra game? It's supposed to be. And then along with that, uh, yeah, because it's supposed to go from four to – Three. Three, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, they're four three game, because they add the extra week to the regular 17-game yeah. yes. regular mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So we're there. And then along with the fact that we talked about the NFLPA uh, player representative, the the, the player president, J.C. Treader. Less off-season he wants let So he wants, no, or he wants to cut down OTA because he feels that, hey, man, the product was fine this year without OTAs and all that stuff. So when exactly do we expect to see the backup quarterbacks more mm-hmm. often? We don't want to pull Ben if Ben is struggling. So that's off the table. We don't want to just sit Ben for a random game. That's off the table. I mean, when, when, when exactly do you expect to see more opportunities? You know what, Moats? I've made this joke. We, we got to go off of this, right? That's all I'm saying here. 
I made this joke um, with Chris Carter over the weekend on, on Twitter. You know, I'm really excited for, for Latrobe this summer <laughs> to see Mason Rudolph, Sam Darnold, Uh-oh. Dwayne Haskins, Uh-oh. and Zach Wilson all compete oh. I mean, this summer out of Latrobe. Oh. I can't wait. But no, you're right. That's what, like, some people, and listen, I, I get that there is, there's a, a group of Steeler fans out there that are just, from what they saw last year, they think that Mason is net, like, he's just, he ain't it. You know, and, and nothing they'll ever see will convince him otherwise. Even though I always find those people funny that, a couple of bad performances by Mason last year because he didn't start for the full 16 games. So if we really take it into context, you got probably a legit 8 to 10 games where it was bad play, right? People act like we haven't sent 8 to 10 bad games from 7. Like, what's the – like? and it's not saying that 7 obviously has grown from those performances, but right. and it's it not still saying happens. That this is going to be Mason Rudolph every time he goes right. out going forward. Right. But All we're like, saying is he earned himself yes. more of an opportunity. And, and, and we say whatever you just did on tape, that's your living, breathing resume. I don't care what you did two weeks ago. You're if that's the case, as good as your if last that's the case, we'll still be talking about this Steelers team being undefeated. If we cared about what you did in the past, no, you are who you are off of what we just saw. So with Ben, even last week, Remember, we said with Ben last week, we said, man, well, which Ben are you getting? Are we talking first half Ben or second half Ben? Because it was drastically different. But prior to that, the three games before that, it was still a little gory at times. It was still a little ugly at times. But now it's shifted, right? Because, okay, Ben had that second half against the Colts, played well. All right, we closed the book on the other stuff, and now we're looking mm-hmm. at the positive. Right. So same with right. Mason. You right. can't keep digging up past for one quarterback, <laughs> but when it's the other guy that you love, oh, we're only standing in the now. Like, come on, man. You can't keep moving the goalposts like that. Arthur Motes, anybody who has a career in a performance-based field, okay? I don't care if it's athletics. I don't care if it's entertainment, if mm-hmm. it's music, if it's what you and I do. Yes, absolutely. You're only as good as your last performance. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that, you know, growing up with a father who was a musician and and me wanting to do this for a living, yeah. my dad used to tell me that all the time when I was a teenager and when I was in college. Oh, you had a great show. You had a great episode of the podcast. You wrote a really nice article mm-hmm. that got a good response online. Great. You're only mm-hmm. as good as your last performance, That's though. It. If you come back out and your next article stinks and no you got cares. a bunch of errors and yeah. it's poorly written, no one cares. No one cares. Yep, they're gonna they're gonna get on you. Athletics, yep. entertain. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and look at how many great movies Tom Cruise made a couple decades ago. Now everybody laughs at him. You know, like you're, serious, yeah. You're, you're only as good as your last performance, and right now, that last performance from Mason Rudolph was one where he was, let's face it, not put in the best situation, mm. missing some dudes. Like, like Moats and I said, not quite. A, it's not quite fair to say JVT, but, right, right. But, but, but they missing, had some pieces out, though. missing some, yeah. missing some pieces. His first real live action in what over a year. Uh, all that considered, and again, the last performance that you have to go off of. Arthur Moats and I aren't saying that, you know. He's he's the guy for the franchise, hundred percent. After Ben, we're yeah. not saying anything like, but we're saying he earned himself more of an opportunity yeah. yesterday. And, and I feel like if you don't at least acknowledge that, that's when you start coming into what we like to call a hater. A hater, like like seriously, if you can't acknowledge, yeah. not not saying that we we don't even need you to acknowledge that he could be Ben's long term backup or he could be the face of the right. franchise going forward. We're not even saying that, but you can acknowledge that his performance yesterday earned him was the best yeah. that we've seen from him. Without a doubt, and not, and, and, and if we're gonna be frank about it. The past four weeks, let's be real. What what quarterback play have we seen to that extent these past four weeks? That's not a shot at Ben. The second half of the Colts game, but even then, it wasn't to that extent. Because let's be real, the first the first possession of that four, the first possession of that third quarter. Remember, four stops on the goal line. Then from there, we connected on the Deontay pass. But after that, it was what pass interferences that was getting us down there. Not these actual forty-seven yard bombs. 
40 yard bomb over here. Here, you get a 40. You get a 40. You take a 40 here. You get another 40 right here. We won't see that. Let, let's not act like we were seeing that in one game. We haven't seen an offense productive like that, like in terms of those type of plays since what, Philly? When we had four multi- multiple right. big time yeah. plays in the same game, not multiple penalties to, to flip the field. I'm talking connecting on these plays. We haven't seen that in a while. Oh, a long time, man. And he's, he was standing in the pocket. He took some big hits. Um, like Moat said, he threw that interception, which was a poor decision to throw that ball, and it was a completely Not, not even a poor decision. Terrible decision. Terrible decision. Because he looked at it first and didn't right, throw it. Right. So it's like it wasn't there when you first looked at it, and now with pressure coming, now you're going to go right back there. Absolutely a, atrocious play. Atrocious. <laughs> just take, just eat it. Just put the ball down. Go on to the ground. You're good. Just it, take it, the sack. You know what, Moats? After that play happened too, and he he made that poor that terrible decision. And like I said, this it should have been a roughing the passer call as well too. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get like it would have been very easy for him to go into a shell, to oh, go into a hole. Easy. To, to oh easy. man, the, the, uh, I'm getting you know uh, the refs are letting them take shots at me out here because I'm just some you know because I'm just a backup and oh that was a terrible throw and I just you know mm-hmm. maybe I just cost us the game there. Like he stayed in there, he hung in there, he made plays the entire way down the stretch. And you know what? We talk about how he he made, you know held the ball a half second too long on that two point conversion. Maybe he did that for the team, Arthur Motes. Maybe for two reasons. Well, I was one, about to say here yeah, one because yeah. I didn't need to see DeCastro and Tuit and Minka out there in overtime. I didn't mm-hmm. need to okay. see those guys playing any more football. That, I didn't even care about that. But go ahead. And I, two, uh huh. I, mean, I think we'd all rather play the Browns and the Ravens. Yep. This week. <laughs> That's the only thing I cared about. I say yo, I don't care if we go to overtime. I don't care if it's triple overtime. We cannot. And I was looking. I said, hey, you know me. You know I, I get selfish every once in a while. It's playoff time. I'm like, oh, for sure. I said, okay, I love our matchup. I said, I even love the Bills matchup. I said, I didn't want to see that Titans, Ravens. I didn't want either party, either one of them. No. And I said, I'm glad y'all can go dance by yourselves over in the corner. Y'all take that energy over there. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, I thought Derrick was about to break the rushing record. Oh, my goodness. Dude, you really, he was about 50 yards away oh from it. Oh, my he, he, goodness. He, he was a blown coverage by the Texans from going into overtime and breaking that record. Like, like let's be real about this thing here. We're gonna, I think we're going to find this. Holy cow. We found out individual awards this week, right? Ye- or no, no, it's no, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, crap. I was gonna yeah, say NFL honors. Yeah, um, because man, offensive player of the year, Derrick Henry, right? Like, what? Like, I, I feel without like a doubt, it has to be. I think when we did, because they're not gonna give him MVP. We know that. When we but, did this early, when we did our predictions, I said Mahomes. I think you said Russell Wilson. Yes, it got to be Derrick Henry, yeah. right? Without, no, they're not gonna give him MVP. You're right. No, no, no. Because no. it's a quarterback award. And, 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 they, and you, have you heard? They've already tried to shift to the whole Aaron Rodgers. They they keep pumping it. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And then of lately, we got a little Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So they're trying to give it a little bit more diversity here. Quarterback. Quarterback. But it's still quarterback. Yeah. But but offense player of the year, man. Offense player of the year without a doubt. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. All right, we got a bunch of tweets Joins here. Joins the 2K club. Dude. Think about that. That's rare he, air. He is. <sighs> he came into that game 200 yards short of rare air. It went in there and almost broke the rushing record. God. <laughs> if the Titans defense was playing like they were last year, man, I'd, they, I'd like their chances as much as anybody. Oh, my gosh. Because Tannehill's, Tannehill's playing very well. He made yeah. some poor decisions down the stretch in that Texans game, but he got away. Like, with Tannehill and with Derrick Henry – Whew, if they only had the defense that they had from last season, but they're they're mm-hmm. going to give up a lot of points as, yeah. as well as scoring a lot, like you saw against the yes. Texans. Yes. Speaking of MVP award, right, real quick, because we're way overdue for a break here. We'll see. I don't care about that because you're going to get fined. I mean, if time. you if you argue the spirit of it, right, like Deshaun Watson's my MVP. <laughs> that team would have won no games this year without Deshaun he Watson. He is literally, in the words of my hockey colleague, standing on his head <laughs> every single game. 
He's just like, bro, how, how do you do these things that you're doing? There is zero chance that that should work for you. That's what, if I if I if I was a if I was a football writer and I had a vote on this, like, I'd put what? Deshaun Watson number one on my ballot just to rattle all the Packers and Bills and Chiefs fans. Like, dude, this is nuts. He is standing on his head. He is standing on his head mm-hmm. for an organization that has not exactly returned the favor. No question. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Uh, we'll get to some tweets here when we come back to close out the first hour of the show. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR, closing out the first hour of the show. And here's what we got to talk about here. And just, we got to get our clock back on track here. So this will be a shorter segment, Motsi. A uh, couple questions about your opinion on uh, the the altercation, the uh, the discussion. Like I said, the, the aggressive Isaiah, negotiations. The aggressive negotiations, yeah. Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis. That's like, I know we did touch on it a little bit earlier, right? But that's, as long as something like that doesn't linger, like, those things happen probably more often than people would see on camera, right? In practice, in the locker room, those things happen. And good on Bugs, too. It seemed like he kind of walked away and, and, and you know, did his best to, to put out that fire. Great on Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> great, great on Bugs. I, for a couple of reasons. Number one, that's, that takes a very mature man. Because in the heat of the moment, obviously they were both arguing. But once you go from an argument to a physical altercation, it's not always easy to let the cooler head prevail. A lot of times right. the, the the emotion and your natural reaction is to, especially for football players who are used to what? Hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. We're used to what? Everything we do when we respond to you, it's not. we don't respond by shaking your hand. We don't respond by patting <laughs> you on the back. How do I respond to you? Hitting you in the mouth. Exactly. And then coming back and doing the next play. And the next play. So you already know we're wired a lot differently in terms of how we respond. Yeah. So to see Bugs be able to react the way he did in terms of, okay, you've assaulted me here, right? Because that's essentially what it is. You, you assaulted me. Okay, cool. I'm not going to retaliate. In fact, I'm going to act as if it didn't happen, turn my head around turn and focus the on the game. Yeah. Like. To me, man, that speaks volumes for him. But more importantly for Davis, I think it's a learning experience for both of those guys. Whatever they were arguing about, the thing is this, man. You can have heated arguments, but you don't have to put your hands on anyone because you never know. You might think that, you know, what they said warranted you putting your hands on them. But you don't know how they're going to respond to you doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, we talked about last year with Mason, right, in, 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 uh, in Garrett. We said, well, man, Mason went to grab at the helmet. He probably thought that that was enough for him. He didn't know that. Miles was going to say what? Okay, you grab it, mine. I'm going to take your helmet and hit you in the head with it. 
just because we think that reaction was enough doesn't mean that the other person does, okay? So for Davis, that's an experience that he should learn from as well and glad that it didn't have to escalate yeah. to that point for him to learn that. But the, as a whole, man, you're absolutely right. Ton of arguments. I mean, I've had heated arguments like that with players and coaches. I've sure. had to be set. And, and think about this: this is I'm a two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year mm-hmm. award winner, right? You're a pretty nice guy. Everyone knows, man. Great personality, always <laughs> nice. I've had to be separated from a coach before at the NFL level. It happens. Like it, it is normal. And then you guys don't. You guys and don't it, ignore each other. Right. The, like it, no, no, no. You go. You, you come back. It's, yeah, it's, literally. Once like, it's over. It's right. over. But once once we settle down, it's done. Yeah. It doesn't linger. In fact, I'm sure those two guys later on will probably write back out there having communication, high-fiving. Like, that's how it works at this level, man, because you're so competitive. We're so driven to be great. Like, you don't get to this level without being right. a little bit obsessive. Without sure. ha- like, like Being a little crazy. <laughs> because, like, what you have to sacrifice, what yeah. you have to deal with mentally and physically, it puts you in a totally different set of a, a frame of mind. Like, it's hard to even explain it to somebody that's never sure. done it before. So when you factor in all of those things, man, you just understand, like, it's a lot that these guys are dealing with, man. It's a lot. No, so when, when you put that in that compression pot and now all eyes and camera situation happens, yes. And a little a little explosion can happen. It, we, we call them uh, uh, the, the little, like, mini volcanoes, like a little geyser. <laughs> a little geyser. Get a little, little geyser over here, a little geyser over here. It wasn't a big eruption. But you got a little geyser. A little, 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 little old faithful yeah, out in yeah. Yellowstone National I mean, I mean, Park. think about this, right? We saw AB. Remember when he, when he was with us and we played the Ravens? What do you do? Knock the Gatorades over, right? It happens. And then literally two plays later, we're not even thinking about it. It happens. It happens. So you acknowledge it, sure. Coach Tomlin, he might even go the route of finding Davis because Davis was the person that took it the step further. The initial back and forth, no issues. Even if you're pushing, no issues. When you start swinging, all right, you cross the line right there, and you're a younger guy. This Cam Hayward we're talking about, Total different perspective. Granted, Cam has he's not going to do that because of his respect for his teammates. Sure, but sure. you could just see like the different levels of yeah, it. So yeah, yeah. for if you're Carlos Davis, a rookie late round draft pick, hitting Isaiah Bugs, who in that moment didn't do anything egregious to you, Coach Tomlin could definitely mm-hmm. hit his pockets for conduct detrimental, and that would ultimately send that lesson to him as well. Sure. That not only do you have physical ramifications that you got to worry about. But also you have financial ramifications that you have to worry about. And sometimes those financial ramifications are Sometimes the they're worse motivator. than the physical. I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, that, that that's well said. I, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of lay that out there because, like I said, we had we'd gotten a few questions about that on Twitter. All right, got to take a break here. We'll get back. Our clock back on track for the second hour of the show. Arthur Motes wants to uh, to give some love to Randy Feetner. we got to discuss, speaking of coaches, the big storyline today across the National Football League, the tanking in Philadelphia. And tanking? We'll get, we'll get to more of your tweets. We're doing everything we can to win. <laughs> we'll get to more of your tweets as well in the second hour of the show. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm feeling like a super wild card. Well, that's good because it's super wild card week. Woo! <laughs> Steelers Browns, Sunday night, Heinz Field, 815. For those of you who might not have heard yet, the last playoff game of the super wild card weekend. It's going to be super duper delightful. Mm -hmm. Steelers, Browns. Uh, third straight time the Browns have played the Steelers in a playoff game. Last three times they've been to the playoffs, they've played the Steelers yeah. every single time. Lost the previous two. Let's uh -huh. keep that streak going. Yeah, because the last one they lost, by, it was what? It was a three-point game, right? It was like Correct. 30 something. The last one was, like was the first playoff three, game at, at Heinz Field. Like remember, yeah. it was the big comeback. Yeah. Chris Fu I mean, I'm saying, do you remember like you were a big Steelers fan nah, in nah, 2003? I, I'm aware of it, though. <laughs> but, I'm aware yeah. of it, but I don't remember it. Yep. No. Steelers scored at the end, got the two-point conversion, and got the ball back. Then Chris Fu Matu Mala Fala. You said 03? 03, yeah. 03? Uh, you know who I was watching? 02 or 03, yeah. 02 or 03, I was watching Quincy Carter at quarterback. Okay. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it, was not good. it was not a good time for us. Not a good time. I needed right Romo. <laughs> yeah, no, first playoff game at Heinz Field, that was that was a good one. And I, and I love, too, um, my favorite person to talk to that I've ever talked with about that game was Alan Fanica. Mm. A couple years ago, we were fortunate enough, uh, two summers ago when he got inducted into the Steelers Hall of Honor, he sat down with us at training camp um, and, and, you know, did a couple segments, just hung out, you know, yeah. on, on radio for a little bit. And he talked about that playoff game. And how it was his first um, it was his first home playoff game in his football career, right? And he talked about standing in that tunnel at Heinz Field, waiting to get his name announced. Bro. And he like said it, he said that feeling. He said honestly, like it, it, to me, it was even maybe better than winning the Super Bowl because he said like I had you know I'd been in the NFL for I think four or five years at that point. Like mm -hmm. I had dedicated my life to get to the National Football League, and it's a our first playoff game in a new building and I'm standing in the tunnel and you know 60,000 70,000 terrible towels mm -hmm. and he said like I, it was all I could do to control my emotions he was like I was just overwhelmed with this is what everything that I've done in my life this is what it was for mm -hmm. to play in a game like this in a moment like this you, and he's bro. like I'll never forget that feeling standing in the tunnel before my first playoff game waiting to be introduced no 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 lie as soon as you, you start telling that story I'm like I've Fill him like 2014. <laughs> yeah. I promise you, they have a picture of us in 2014 about to get introduced, standing at the front, and literally exact same thing. Like you're going through everything, every thought and emotion like that. You're like, bro, like he's like this, I had more than goosebumps. Yeah, he's like, like, like he's like the hair on my arms like, was jumping was off my skin. Nuts, yeah, nuts. And yeah. I'm like, bro, I, you see, you be a part of some big moments, but it's like it's nothing like that, like. Man. Particularly when you're at home yes. and you're in the tunnel waiting to get introduced. Absolutely. And you know the fans are about to erupt. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, that is pretty cool. And I'm sure, you know, you can, you can find, I'm sure if you go on Google or something, you can find a clip of, of Alan Fanica talking, uh, telling that story about how that's his favorite moment of his football career. Uh, Arthur Motes, you want to discuss here, and I, I think it's very uh, important that we do so, right? Because uh, we have always preached on this show to keep the same energy. Mm -hmm. Right? That when you're critiquing performances, that's mm -hmm. fine, right? Critique the performance, Critique, not the person. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But keep that same energy when they do something good Absolutely. as well, too. And, and man, you know what? I, I liked what Randy Feetner brought to the table uh, mm -hmm. yesterday in Cleveland. I, I think he deserves credit. You know, again, not it, it's it's unfair to say that they were just completely shorthanded, but it, with, with different moving parts, with mm -hmm. two different quarterbacks – uh, man, he was. They were able to score some points. Twenty-two points. It would have been twenty-three if they would have just right, kicked, right, if they would have just kicked the extra yeah. point and not got you know in a normal situation. Mm -hmm. They score over twenty points. They're in that game. The offense moves the ball. At one point, they had more yards than the Browns I mean, deep and, into and, that and, game. And, and let's be real, 
they should have scored more. They settled yeah. for three field goals in the red zone. The red zone issues were still, like, showing that That was the thing. But then in the second half, especially later in that fourth quarter, we started punching those in. We punched the two in back-to-back, back and that kind of, you know, changed the score for us. But that was the big difference. Just they were scoring the touchdowns. We were kicking the field goals. But as a whole, man, Randy Feekner, as much criticism as people gave him this year, and we talked about how at times we felt like it wasn't warranted. We said, man, we know that, you know, when we're talking about some of these plays, we said it's been guys running open. It's not as if guys aren't schemed open. And I was like, man, with some of the runs, I was like, it's not even an issue of the scheme of the run. Sometimes it's more so the personnel in terms of not getting any moving. We talked about that ad nauseum, right? Then we said, okay, the alternative to not being able to get movement up front is to go to your shifts your shifts and motions, which they did a little bit of that as well. But then you get this opportunity, right, where it's no longer been out there because – We've already said how, man, when the team does well, mm-hmm. it's because of Ben. But when the team doesn't do well offensively, it's because of Randy Feekner. Even though Ben, we all agree, has full autonomy in the offense, meaning he can check in and out of whatever play he wants. Take that for what you want to take it as. Yesterday, though, now you got Randy Feekner by himself. No big Ben. Ben's not even in Cleveland. So you can't. So because remember, we heard that narrative as well last year, right? Well, Ben was probably on the sideline calling the plays for Mason. So we didn't even get that, right? And we saw how prolific the offense looked. We saw the creativity <laughs> as well. I mean, nobody I, – I, I thought they would use Dobbs, but nobody thought they would do it like that. I thought it was going to be first half Mason, second half Dobbs scenario exclusively at quarterback, not using them both in tandem, and not only rotating them, you know, every other series. It was like, oh, in the middle of the series, you you completed this pass on second down mm-hmm. for a first down. All right, Dobbs, you're in. I want you running this zone read right here. And the creativity in which they did it was beautiful. We talked about how the run game has struggled so much this year. And we saw how the run game looked very effective yesterday because of what? A new added wrinkle, a new added element. So the whole Randy Feekner mm-hmm. lacks creativity. That narrative kind of put the bed yesterday. The whole Randy Feekner can't design plays for the offense. Well, the offense looked very prolific yesterday. Completed how many deep passes? Passes over 40 yards. I, I can assure you, you look at Mason's stats yesterday, he was not struggling on deep passes. He looked better, a lot better than the, uh, his counterpart, number six, yeah, on the other side. Yeah. On, on and, deep and, and he was not aided by passing and fairness penalties. If anything, they probably missed if a lot anything, of calls. They, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, well, they the, missed the, a ton the, of calls. The, the roughing the pass. Absolutely. The holding at the Absolutely. end that was egregious. So, 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 so yeah. when I look at all of that, I'm like, that speaks volumes for not only Mason, as much as we praised Mason that last week. And it's like, this is Randy Feigner. This is why they still have him. This is when we tell you that, hey, he knows what he's doing. If, if he was as incompetent as people like to make it, right, if he is only holding Ben back, he's only here to hold Ben's hand, then why did they look the way they looked yesterday? Where, where was this creative? Why, why were we using Dobbs? Where did they use him effectively? Why were we taking the shots down fields, especially in the second half, right? Yeah. Explain that to me. It wasn't Mason doing the hurry-up offense that is, oh, as long as you run hurry-up, it works. No, that wasn't the case. We didn't see any of that. It wasn't this, oh, man, Ben's calling these plays. It wasn't that. No, it was Randy Feekner. So, once again. We're not saying that Randy Feekner is the greatest yeah. offensive coordinator in history. We're not I'm saying not, that. I'm not calling him Billy Walsh, right. all right? Like and, he invented and, the West Coast and offense. And listen, we're, we're not even saying that you should extend him. I'm not even saying that. All I'm simply saying is this. He deserves credit for yesterday. He does deserve credit for yesterday. So if you cannot acknowledge, the same way I said with Mason, right? I said if you can't, if you can't acknowledge that Mason played really good yesterday, you're a hater. If you can't acknowledge that Randy Feekner called a good game yesterday, look yourself in the mirror. And call yourself a hater because that's what you are. (laughs)
Like, I'm not saying that he's the next best thing. I'm not saying he's McVay. I'm not saying, you know, that you, like I said, that you want right, to keep him right. even next year. He's not Brian Dable. Right. right. Yeah, I'm just simply saying that, that, that for all that criticism that we've heard him receive and all the times that we vouched for him, this is the opportunity right now where you can see why we're saying what we said mm-hmm. and at least acknowledge that yesterday was a good performance right. by him. And I think some people, like, if you're one of the people who all year you've said Mason Rudolph stinks, he's not the Steelers' future, he, he doesn't belong in the league, he's not a backup – Ben, Randy Feetner stinks. He doesn't belong. He, he, you know, he's just here because Ben loves him. You know, because he's a yes man to Ben Rob. Even if you're in that camp, it's okay to admit that those guys had good performances. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And, and we're not saying to change it, your mind on right, them as right. a whole because it's a very small sample size. Very small. We would need we, to we see this about that more. In the first right. hour. Right. We, we we need to see it more. But how does that go about? We don't really know right now because we know once Ben comes back next week, Ben's calling what Ben wants to call. He checks in and out like. They have the menu, and we've already heard this, right? They have a menu that they that Coach Feekner and him agree upon. These are the calls you want situationally. Boom, boom, boom. This is the gamut. But we know Ben has full autonomy. If Ben comes out there and he says, look, it's an eight-man box. I still want to run the ball. It doesn't matter what Randy Feekner calls. He's going to run the ball. Now, you're not supposed to run into an eight-man box, but he can still do it. And no different. He can say, you know what? They're in sub-package. I should run the ball, but I feel like throwing right here. I'm going to check to a pass. That's not Randy Feekner. Randy Feekner can't control that. That's Ben. So we still not even going to get the full extent of Randy Feekner going into the playoffs. Right. Because of that. So that's why for me it's like you you still have a lot of questions surrounding him. And that's what we're saying that that one performance doesn't justify or account for everything from an evaluation standpoint. Right. You don't need to walk through Market Square right. in downtown Pittsburgh while we yeah, all we're not shame saying that. at you. No, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> not at all. But just understand, it's like, man, it wasn't as bad as y'all tried to, to first off say it was. And then secondly, acknowledge that he simply did a good job yesterday. You ready for this? You ready for acknowledging things that you're mm-hmm. wrong about? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, Dak Prescott's better than Carson Wentz. Josh Allen's better than Sam Darnold. Wow, there, I said it. I mean, you see how easy that was? I love you. You're awesome. Arthur, <laughs> Arthur, Arthur Motes won the Tom Brady. Now I'm not as happy about that. Arthur I- Motes won the Tom Brady bet. How, how, what big, happened yesterday? Because I know he, I know he only played one half the week before. So big, how could he have big, ever? Big jerk. How could he have ever? You know, won that uh, that 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 we said it was what forty. You said forty five hundred, right? Oh, uh, oh, oh, you, oh, you switched it to forty four, huh? No, well, we I said forty four, and then we switched it to forty three. Oh, oh, we switched to forty three. Yeah, but yeah, I think we, we didn't he end yesterday. Forty five. What, what did he finish? He, he with? finished with four sixty something. Forty six. It was like four six something. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So it, yeah. So even if we would have stuck with forty five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good on Tom Brady. Hey, so what was the consequences for that? You said you were shaving we, an we eyebrow? Did... <laughs> <laughs> no, you've already done that. 4,630. Listen, 4,633 yards. We 40 don't passing touchdowns, 12 picks. Bets. 40 touchdowns, so 12 no picks. Shaving of eyebrows, no singing of songs, no okay. push ups. We got to come up with something new. Okay, 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 okay. We got some creativity. We okay. got some time. Okay. I don't want to mess with your hair. I like your hair. I like your hair too. <laughs> well, I mean, much. I do need a haircut, but. But, but no, 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 because you, you, I'm, I'm going to want you to mohawk it for like a day. <sighs> Because I like, I like the Here's top Here's the problem, part. Arthur Motz. I've done this twice in my life already, all right? <laughs> I'm scared it's going to not come back. I don't want to mess it up, That's man. What I, like, yeah, I've, I don't want to mess with that. I've completely buzzed my hair off twice in my life, and yeah. every time it doesn't quite grow back the same. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> I, I don't want to mess with that at all. I'm not lying. <laughs> so we'll figure, and you know what? If you've got a suggestion for our punishment, again, no singing songs, yeah. no push-ups, nothing involving shaving hair off of a body. Yes. yes. Uh, tweet us, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. Uh, we got a whole bunch of tweets here uh, about Josh Dobbs, about the offensive line and Kevin Dotson. We'll get to those when we 
return. I also we got to give our thoughts too on this Tankadelphia thing that we listened <laughs> that boy, we witnessed boy, boy. last night on Sunday Night Football. We'll do all that on the other side. I mean that that honesty felt refreshing. I, I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad this is a place where we could all just you know be transparent. You and know admit where I was. You know where I was right though because right. I, just, I mean you got me on yes, those. I you got I, me on I, those I, three. I, I want to get a chance to share. So yeah, you got me on those three. DeAndre Hopkins is still better than Michael Thomas. Yes. Boom. Yes. Boom. Not, not, so I got that one. Not yeah. still, but he has passed him this year. Yeah. He has passed him this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm one and three. Yes. I can't admit that. <laughs> I'm like the Cleveland Browns. DeAndre looks really good. <laughs> when he's not giving the referee the middle finger. Did you see that uh, yesterday? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Heat of the moment, guys. Heat of the moment. Heat it happens. Moment. Heat of the moment. We're all professionals here. So, 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 so you can't give the referee the middle finger. All right. All right. Good to know. Write that down. You, you never know until you see you somebody do it. But really now we know. have clarification. Now we know. Now we okay. Know. Thanks, DeAndre. Got you. The, the, the one finger salute equals a penalty. Got right. you. All right, cool. It's Thank like this, you. It's like in Mighty Ducks where they're, tra- where they're going, guys, trying to trash talk the ref. Like, pick yeah. another target. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Not, we not that guy. Not that guy. <laughs> Arthur Mutz, Wesley Euler. We'll get to some of your tweets and some, uh, some tank discussion as we continue on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, let's get to some tweets here, Motesy, and then we'll get to Tankadelphia before we get out of here mm-hmm. in our final mm-hmm. segment, okay? Yo, boys. Yo. Oh. We'll get there. Uh, we got some suggestions for the for the Tom Brady bet. Amy says, how about Wes eats a, uh, a hot pepper like a Carolina Reaper or something? Mm. There's there's something there. I like Ooh, that. That's going uh, you on the backside. Thra- <laughs> and on the front end. <laughs> uh, Thrash says, Wes has to do a show in JMU gear. I like the spirit of that, but I, I don't know if that's a punishment. Yeah, it's not. We don't have beef. Like, I, I, mean, wear, you I wear W like, Mots- if it's not. Just playing JMU. Moats yeah. has some pretty fresh JMU gear yeah. too. I mean, I've been looking fly in that. So I, I like the what? spirit of that. Yeah. Um, and then Josh says Wes has to take the ACT or the SAT. Now that's not I'm a not bad gonna one. lie. I kinda like that one. I see if I can do better <laughs> than I did in high school. <laughs> I do like that one. <laughs> but I just feel like I, I don't I, oh man. Well the the SAT is the scanstron, right? So we Correct. can just simply look A, B and, and do answers that way. Right. ACT is that more open ended? I, I feel like I, I never took the ACT, so I'm see, not sure. I didn't either. I just I've heard of it, so I'm just like, because it has to be something that I'm not gonna be, you know, having to work too hard while I grade it either. Right. I don't want to be working hard grading it, having to Google answers. Is this the right answer? Right. I don't want. I'm gonna do all that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think we're we're, we're said, circling the water though. We're getting close. Neck tattoo. Neck tattoo. Temporary one. Ooh. All right. <laughs> hey, give me a temporary neck tattoo. I'll go home and I'll film my wife's reaction. <laughs> Uh, we we got a lot of questions about Josh Dobbs, Arthur Motes. Mm-hmm. Um, should he be involved in the game plan Sunday? Is he not going to get a helmet again? What do you think happens with Dobbs here going forward after we saw what we saw yesterday? Honestly, I would love for him to get more opportunities. I do feel that um, with him and Randy Feekner able to do added an extra element, very similar to what the Saints do at Taysom Hill in terms of you use him situationally, even though you have a good running back, in the Saints case and ours, we had a little struggling of a running game, but what did it do? It opened it up still a lot more for the running game, and that was why we saw all the running backs be a lot more effective, especially when Dobbs was on the field. Yeah, We saw when Dobbs put he had a nice 13-yard run for a first down. So all of those variables are alive once Dobbs is on the field, but the reason I don't think they will use Dobbs is because Ben is not the guy who wants to to come off the field. I mean, we know that. And 
I don't think that you just split them out at wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like ben, you're not running Ben out to, no. to line up at ghost wide receiver no. on the backside. That he's not doing that. He's not coming off the field. And for Ben, man, is and, and honestly, this is why we were also surprised with New Orleans when they would keep doing this with Taysom Hill because you're like. And Drew Brees. You're like, how? how Taking how, a Hall of Fame quarterback right, how, how off the field. Take a Hall of Fame quarterback off the field. How does that make your team better? But they found a way to do it situationally, and, it, and it's been working really, really well for those guys. But I don't. I would need to have seen how that how that started. Yeah. Because Drew Brees was already Drew Brees before Taysom Hill got there. So that's what I would need to just see how he handled that. What was the conversation? Because I don't think that Ben is open for that. Nor I mean, not even just Ben. You could you see Brady doing that? No. 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 Aaron Rodgers, no. no. Like I just don't see that happening. You seen a lot of Jordan Love this year. <laughs> so, so yeah, that top twenty-five so, right. pick. So, so to me, that that's my why I don't think it's gonna happen. I feel like it should because it adds another element, very much can make them more dynamic in the yeah. run game. But I just don't see that happening, knowing that you have been out there and, and having a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, how do you justify that? That's what you have to ask yourself. Me taking the ball at my Hall of Fame quarterback's hand, right? Man, it, better be worth it. It, it better, better work. <laughs> and, 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 and we can agree too. Taysom Hill's package was a lot smaller initially. It's grown and, way and, and he's more been doing now. This now yes. for a long time. For yeah. a way, yeah, yeah. but I say what we see in twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one is light years from what it was at the beginning of this thing. Yeah, two three years ago, you might see one Taysom Hill play, two at best. Yeah. Now you're seeing him have you know a good 10, 15 plays. Obviously, and if it, it lets Drew hurt, right, too, right, yeah, absolutely. So that's why it's a little bit different. Yeah, but I don't see them just, you know, creating a twenty-play package for and, Josh Dobbs in six days, like, and carrying yeah. three quarterbacks on the roster. No, nah, because the when you carry three quarterbacks on the roster, that means you're going to lose an extra mm-hmm. linebacker, you're going to lose an extra D lineman, you you might lose an extra secondary Someone player, on special teams, and, and, yeah. and all of those guys typically are additional special teams bodies so you lose that element for a 20 play package and a backup but the way that the uh yeah because the things they definitely do it with both with three quarterbacks but i think the difference is this too knowing the saints they are a 4-3 defense okay so in a 4-3 defense you have more of your bigger body d lineman less linebackers on the roster so with less linebackers on the roster you can still have all those guys being dressed and you get the special teams reps right with us we are three four so we have more what outside linebackers, inside linebackers. So if you make that move now where you're going to potentially add another quarterback here and lose, uh, uh, not n- now you're not losing a D-line because you don't have enough of them. You're losing a linebacker now. You're losing a cover guy. You're, it's a lot more significant based on our structure of defense as well because you're not having three techniques run down on kickoff. That, that, that's not how this thing works. Linebackers run down on kickoff. Right. Like that, That's <laughs> different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trust, trust me, Carlos Dunlap. Anybody built like him, they're not running 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 out on kickoff. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. He's not covering right. So, so that's why four three team versus three four team, their inactives are a little bit different based on that Mm. as well, man. That makes sense. It does. Mozi breaking it down as he does so well. Uh, David, the Photoshop extraordinaire, says for the Brady bet, he wants me to Corvette Corvette, do a TikTok dance. See, this is my only issue. I'm sure that would take off. People like it. I hate the dance. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Not 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 like Juju, the dance itself, just the dance itself. I don't care about Juju doing it. I just don't like the dance itself. I I, I don't like the t- like the the choreographed dance it reminds me of like boy bands. And I was never a boy band guy. So, you I think You like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? No. <laughs> I like Rough Riders in the locks. Like what? <laughs> you see the difference? <laughs> yeah, Wu-Tang Clan's a boy band. Yeah, and, they, and they don't dance either. <laughs> uh Steel City GF wants to know what you do with Kevin Dotson this weekend. So you stay in, Filer come back in, Filer move out the right tackle. What are you doing with Dotson? 
Well, I, I will say this because I actually had a chance to interview Dotson and ask him about this on my uh, podcast, right? Ask him his preference, left left guard versus right guard, mm-hmm. because of that, right? And he definitely said he feels more comfortable at right guard. He said at left guard, he felt that he was slower. Hmm. He felt that he lacked explosiveness. He said that he felt that his is just like his body and muscle memory is so related to being right side dominant that he said, man, trying to get his body to fire that way on the left side, he said, man, it really hindered him. And he felt that he struggled in a big way. Now, granted, he ended up getting hurt in that Bills game, so we didn't get to see the full version of it. But he definitely said that he strongly prefers being a right guard. So that's why for me, I'm like, I understand that. But, man, it, <laughs> I want to see him out there, you know? Yeah. But you, I mean, you can't take off the Castro unless the Castro isn't healthy. That's the only way. If the Castro isn't healthy, you make that move. But, yeah, because if you put him at left guard where he already said he doesn't feel as his best. Right. What do you do with Matt Fowler? Matt Fowler should definitely be on that field. He is one of your top five off of Slimer right now, regardless if you're talking left guard or right tackle. He is in there. So you got to move. Okay, if you go Dotson at left guard, and that means you pulling Chooks at right and putting Fowler out there. Right. Like, it's a lot, it's a lot of moving, lot of moving pieces, man. Yeah. And not to mention that not only the same we spoke about Dot, uh, Dotson having to flip-flop his mind and muscle memory. Matt Filer. Filer's going to have to do the exact same but thing. But from inside to outside, and, not just from and, different inside and positions. And in a very, very <laughs> critical position in terms playoffs? of being on that, that tackle in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah. 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 I love Kevin Dotson. It's clear that the run game is better with him in there, but I think mm-hmm. at this stage, less moving parts the better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, quickly here, we got our three-pack of questions from me before we go to break. Westman and Dr. Motes. Uh, as you remember, over the summer, I boasted that I'd like to be an all-pro tweeter by season's end. So, am my first team? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Maybe even unanimous. You have my vote. <laughs> number, uh, number two, why does it feel like a victory Monday despite the loss? I'll tell you why. Because we get those knuckleheads back in our own house on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and we don't have to see Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Or Derrick Henry. That's a, yeah, right. Because <laughs> it was one of the two. I said, either way. Give me Baker over Lamar or Derrick Henry. Give me, g- give me confident Baker over Lamar Every Jackson time. or Derrick Henry Every anytime. Time. And the third one for me is Dark Knight, the greatest superhero movie of all time. Dark Knight? No, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, no, no, no. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Dark yeah, 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 Dark Knight, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Batman Begins. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dark Knight. Ooh. Maybe. I'm, I feel like it's either that or Endgame. Or Civil War. Civil War is up Civil there as well. Great. Civil War is definitely. You great. give Endgame the nod over Infinity War because I know that's a that's an that's an argument in the in the superhero community that Infinity War was actually better than Endgame. No, no, no. I'm tripping. Yeah, Infinity War came out first. Endgame was the last one. Yeah, Correct. so Infinity War. That's okay. what I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, was. I think so too. Endgame started way too slow. Too. I think if you want to like if you want to just talk standalone, and I mean I know it's part of a three part series, but right. like a lot of what makes Infinity War is the it's feelings every, and the emotions yeah. that you had through all the like. Man, when the Dark Knight came out, it was. Oh, yeah. And, and trust, it's a lot easier to make a, a a hit movie when you have the cast that they have in Marvel. You look at the the amount of stars in those movies. A lot. Drastically Dark, different. Dark Knight was. Then, then, was then Christian Bale and he. And think about this: Christian Bell coming after a shaky Batman Begins. Like it was cool, but not everybody was ready for that storyline for Scarecrow. So yeah, it was a little bit different. I think it's the greatest. Story. Yeah. I think. And so. then Heath Ledger, who I mean. Let's be real, Heath Ledger, God rest his soul. I mean, he was known for a nice tell and 10 things I hate about you. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it wasn't like that. So it, it was, it, yeah, everything surrounding that movie, man. Yeah. Steel City Champ says, get video of Wes doing the stanky leg for the bat. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we're going to take our final break. I love you guys. You guys crack me up. We're going to take our final break. On the other side, we'll wrap up with some final tweets, and we'll give our thoughts on Tankadelphia Gate, on Tankgate, last night on Sunday Night Football. Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes wrapping up the show. And we got to discuss it. All right, this is a Steelers show, but the biggest story of the day today no in the football world. <laughs> Motes, I got to get your thoughts as a former player on what happened last oh, night in Philadelphia. Man. Bro, how do you not say that's tanking? Oh, it's tanking. It's 100% tank. It was terrible. I mean, it's, it's a one-game tank, but it's still a tank. Yes. They, they wanted to go from the ninth spot up to yes. the sixth spot in the yes. draft. Yes, and it makes sense. I understand why, but just be real about it. Yeah. Don't 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 just start Nate Sudfeld the whole game. Right. If you would have done that, it would have been no different. And and they could have went out there with this narrative, right? We have nothing to play for right here. We want to get Jalen Hurts healthy into next season. The the, the Washington has a really good defensive line. We That's don't want to expose them. We don't want him getting banged up for no reason. That's it. That's it. And you would have been fine. Right. We would have said, okay, well, the same way we're sitting Ben. We can understand you right. sitting Makes that sense. guy. That's you your quarterback Hurts of the future. Right. The future Makes for perfect a, for a sense. Pointless game. You don't want to risk but it. But you yeah. can't play that man, and he's actually doing well. You were ahead in the first half. Right, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, right, Phil, he he deserves some reps. What? We were playing to win. (laughs) What? Then put Winston. If that's the case, what? Right, right. If you were playing to win, you wouldn't have had Winston street clothes. Right, right. Exactly. If you're playing to win, like, where was Sudfield at any of these other weeks? Yeah, because you haven't done much winning these last weeks either. So that, to me, was the big point, man. Like, Like, you can't. Make that statement after the game oh. with those actually they, being they, the way they were. Doug Peterson was on the radio, my yeah. former employer, my old radio station. Yeah, he was on this morning saying that same stuff. And, and we understand like, it It got magnified because of the significance of their— If it was a 1 o'clock right. game, we're yes. not talking about it nearly But as because much. it was in prime time, and that was the Giants game. And players yeah. are on Twitter. Uh-huh. And on top of that, because too. of knowing the significance in terms of the NFC, the, the playoff race and everything like that— that was the big reason. Now, obviously, you said the Jets. I mean, the Giants. I mean, but dude, if you win six games, you don't. You you do lose your privilege to com- complain. That was hilarious. Like, I don't to want me. to hear that. Like you won six care. games. I don't care what you, you won have six to games. Say. And you're asking for a handout. I don't care get, about get, your feelings. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Win a seventh game and you will be in here with no problem. That was the one. I did not feel bad for the Giants not at, at all. all. Like get out of here. And you know what bothered me? Like one thing, I'd be interested to get your take on this before we get before we yeah. before we wrap up here. A lot of people were tweet. You know, a lot of the um, the Albert Breers of the NFL, mm-hmm. yeah, Andrew Brandt, like a lot of guys that were part of the game um, that do media things now. Right. You know, the Bill Polians of the world. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how that, that that something like that kills the integrity of football. Yeah, like, really? Do you like? <laughs> like, like you know what, Arthur Motes? I'd say there are a lot more things that kill the integrity of football than a team tanking for a single game. Are you are you referring to like recording practices and hand signals? I'm reco- I'm, um, are, I'm are you referring, referring to, that? to that? I'm referring to I don't know a defensive coordinator who ran a bounty program that still continues to get hired. 
Oh, oh, oh you're speaking oh. of those things. Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, I, I a, cer- a certain owner who's had allegation of allegation of payout of payout of mm. uh, of misconduct within the organization. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were talking about like having an owner that you know has a substance abuse problem and constantly gets DUIs and all the other. Or oh, oh. Maybe an owner who got nabbed for some some stuff in Florida. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. Or maybe an owner that was out in Pittsburgh West capping DUIs, you know. Mm. You never know. Mm. I mean, it's a lot that could, could you know, yeah. you know you potentially know danger the integrity of the game. <laughs> the, officiate, the officiating that we see week to week what? hurts the integrity of the game. Like, that was one of those things. I'm like, like, oh, like really? Boy. Stop it. Like, really? <laughs> Stop it. Arthur Rhodes, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember this? This, this past NFL draft, the Patriots got yeah. crushed yeah. because they drafted a white supremacist kicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 but but, but yeah. tanking in the second half. No, 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 no. We got a dude with white supremacist tattoos on we, his we, arm, but we, the integrity of the game. Not, not to mention, we had a whole Matt Barkley t- uh, uh, text thread just got released, you know, before the season started with some very, very uh, <laughs> white supremacy style like, tweets. I mean, uh, texts and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, spare me the whole integrity of the game. Like, it's, a lot, it's, it's a lot. not a great look, but it's it's a one off. Like, like let's relax. Right. With between, some of the, this is going to ruin football. No, no, the it was a one off. No, no, no. for not tanking for Trevor Lawrence properly. Listen, it was a one off between two bad teams Ooh, two brutal teams like what are we talking too bad hey, hey. what's what's hilarious Stop to me what, like there's people and i think he does a good job like dan orlovsky he's saying yeah. that it's an embarrassment to the national football league two weeks ago he was ripping on the jets for losing pointless games and right. losing trevor winning pointless games and losing trevor yeah. lawrence so which like, one is it like which one is it? which one come is on, it come on but it it is funny how they try how the, how the Eagles try to talk around it and the it was just that's it my was, biggest thing just own it man it was a fun spectacle last just yeah. own it you like Doug Peterson should have sat down in his post game press conference and said hey New York nana nana boo boo we did it the right way y'all did it stick your head and do do right like, like seriously <laughs> yeah, like just own it yeah like I did with the with my my yeah. Wentz and my uh, Sam it, Donald it, takes if I'm Peterson I'm getting up there and I'm calling everybody out y'all talked about the Jets not tanking right y'all talked about the Bengals not we do it the right way. I'm going to pull the just quarterback in a second Just half. one game. That's how we you didn't do tank it. whole season. Just one That's game. That's how you That's do That's how you tank And properly. we stay competitive. <laughs> oh, uh, we did. We got a Unreal. bunch of – we got a few tweets here about um, fans at the game on Sunday. I think there's going to be fans there. I believe the Steelers released a statement saying that they were working with, with the governor trying to figure yeah. that out. But well, t- not only that. I mean, it's a lot that we're waiting to hear from the governor as it pertains to today. Yeah. I, I know Today's all the, the – like, yeah, the, for like the youth sports and yeah. schools and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a lot – a lot of people waiting on him to make an announcement. When is he making this announcement? I don't know. Way? But I, I have a feeling we'll have 10,000, 12,000, something like that at the game on Sunday. Well, that would be double what we were allowed before, right? When we were only allowed, was it, how many did we have the first time? Oh, yeah, you're was right. Was it five or 5,000. Yeah, it was like it was five, maybe. right? Yeah. Yeah, and then from there, it went only family and friends right. of the players. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, but we'll discuss that, obviously, as the week goes along. We'll get more information about the fans at the game uh, tomorrow. Good news for Mike Tomlin yesterday. Looks like no new injuries or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we'll hear from Coach Tomlin tomorrow. We'll get some updates, I'm sure, in that regard of, of certain guys that are dealing with health issues. Uh, keeping an eye on Joe Hayden and Eric Ebron's status. That's something that we didn't even have enough time to talk about today. Mm-hmm. That, that We'll keep an eye on those guys with the COVID list and their availability on Sunday against the Browns going forward. But Mozi, that's going to do it for today. That's how you start the first show of the new John. Uh-huh. New John. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you with you the see, Philly. Look you at see, you with the Philly John. slime. You see, you, you, you people, you people want to people now? John. John. <laughs> I'm glad you caught it. <laughs> you know who's my favorite coach? You know who's my favorite coach in the NFL? John Gruden. <laughs> you know that John over there? Did you see did you see what the Penguins did over the weekend? No. They, they extended John Marino. <laughs> 
You know, when I get out of here for lunch, I'm going to get a sub at Jimmy John's. No, no, not a sub. I'm going to get a hoagie. I'm going to get a hoagie. I'm going to get a hoagie at, 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 at Jimmy John. John's. <laughs> that is my favorite city. <laughs> Aside from Yen's, my favorite city slang is Philly and John. For those unfamiliar with yeah, what we're talking John. about, in Philadelphia, a John can be anything. It could be a sandwich. It, it could be a place. It anything. could be a person. I could, I, my computer could be sitting on the other side of the desk here, and I could say, hey, Moats, can you hand me that John? Yeah. Like, it could hey, be, you pass me that John right there. Yeah? <laughs> <It could be laughs> like, what? <laughs> Did you see that John on Sunday? <laughs> oh, that's a pretty John right there. She got nice hair. What? <laughs> So we'll be doing our John again on Wednesday <laughs> at high noon. You got Mike Tomlin tomorrow, as always. We'll be back on Wednesday to continue to get ready for Super Wildcard Weekend. Mm-hmm. Super Wildcard Weekend. Feel like uh, Will Ferrell in semi-pro. <laughs> Flint, Michigan, Megabowl. Super Wildcard Weekend. Super Wildcard Weekend. You know where to find us on Wednesday. <laughs> as always, we'll talk to you high noon. And on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.